Hi, I'm Alexi Bolden. And I'm Lucy Porter. And this is is Academia. academia. Virtual, virtual, virtual. It's so digital. Speaking of digital, guess what I've been watching recently? (laughs) What? I have so many shows on my watch list, but I was like, you know what? It speaks to me. Uh Legend of Korra. Okay. 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 Have you ever watched Avatar The Last Airbender? No, but I'm like familiar with it as a concept, right? Like it's the little guy with the... (laughs) And and they they do cool things with the elements and it's like earth, fire, wind, water, these four nations, indivisible, under God. (laughs) Yes, that's that whole thing. You did watch it. (laughs) Indivisible under God is what they ran on Nickelodeon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So have you been revisiting that media? So Avatar Last Airbender came out when we were young, when we were in elementary school, I think. Um, And then Legend of Korra came out in 2014 and people were livid because it was like, it's, it's a spinoff. And before I go any further, how do you feel about, Korra is the Avatar after Aang. So uh, Aang And Aang's Aang's our little guy. If you reference Avatar Aang as little guy one more time, I have to stand up for the fandom. (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to say to you. Is he not? I thought that was like, I thought he was like Kid Wonder. You're right. You're right. I guess in Legend of Korra, he becomes a grown man. Oh, okay. (laughs) So I don't really know where that takes us, where that puts us. But yes, Aang is the avatar before Korra. And so people were really felt a type of way about the spinoff because it's a spinoff. And the world of Legend of Korra is way more, I would say, serious than Mm -hmm. um, Avatar Last Airbender. And I am loving it. I am living it. And I have gotten several people at work to rewatch Legend of Korra Ooh. because they watched it right after they watched um, Last Airbender. And you have to you have to take them as two separate universes. Absolutely. I do. I'm on board but, with that as a concept. How do you feel about spinoffs as a concept? Because I, I I'm err not, on I'm not anti. I'm not anti. I feel like it depends on the property, right? Okay. Because I guess in my mind, like, <laughs> and this is this is disappointing, but when we say spinoffs, <laughs> what's coming to mind for me is um, the Grey's Anatomy spinoff, Private Practice, where they take Dr. Addison Shepard, who comes in to disrupt things and expose Derek for cheating with the love of his life, Meredith. And then they take Addison away from from the hospital and back to, I think somewhere in California where she has her private practice and that's then that, and that's fine. I didn't engage with private practice. The spinoffs I have engaged with are more in the Bravo reality TV universe (laughs) where my favorite, one of my favorite shows at the Mom is, um, Southern Hospitality, which is a spinoff of Southern Charm. And Southern Charm follows all of these, like, people in Charleston who are, like, bravo, like, mean to each other, but all, like, friends and lovers. Ooh! And then Southern Hospitality zooms into one of the restaurants owned by one of the cast members of Southern Charmed, and it shows all the, like, 
hot, cool, young, 20-somethings who are all working in this restaurant together. And it's like nightlife. Bam. Same thing with Vanderpump Rules, which is a spinoff of, and our guest can correct me here, is a spinoff of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? Um, that's correct. Thank you. Okay. Sort of. It's, it's Lisa Vanderpump's restaurant, and Lisa Vanderpump is one of the cast members, or was one of the cast members of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Perfect. Our our guest and I have been engaging in a lot of Vanderpump Rules culture together. I've been seeing your stories, but I always thought that Vanderpump Rules was a spinoff of Vampire Diaries. No, no, not at all. I think they're similar in the ways that there is drama and hot people. But no vampires. Not that we know of. Some of their actions are vampiric. But I wouldn't say. Talk about it. They, they suck, a lot of these men, they suck the life forces out of these women and then they leave them on the side of the road. But then mostly the women rise stronger. I like the mostly about it because like we never want to give a blanket term. We never <laughs> want to say all of yeah, it. Yeah, it's hit or miss sometimes. I feel like since we already got a taste of our guest voice. Oh my God, bring in the guest. We got to tell everyone their name. I have to say this guest is very special. Very special guest alert. I would say this episode, it's just family. It's just family. <laughs> like a reality TV show. Not to be insane, but yeah, I live with the guest. <gasps> That's never before happened. Never before <laughs> happened. Our guest is a stand-up comedian. I've seen. She's amazing. She's a gal about town. I'm familiar. She's my roommate. <laughs> Please welcome Hannah Zahn. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thrilled to to have you. Both digitally and in the space we call our home. But yeah, we have been, as new roommates, Hannah and I have been watching Vanderpump Rules together, which is like Mm. a 12 season show. Like it is a long running show. And we started from season two. (laughs) So we're in it. And every now and then when we're watching, we have to remind ourselves the context of 2013. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a ripe time in American culture. Yes. And so we'll be like sitting on the couch, like cringing. And we're like, oh, it's 2013. We like this at one point. (laughs) We have to let them. Chevron. Yes. I screamed. Hannah was in the other room and (laughs) on TV, Stassi was painting a Chevron canvas. Yeah, they all have names. Um, (laughs) Stassi was painting the Chevron canvas and I gasped and screamed, Hannah, she's painting Chevron. Let's take a step back to 2013 for for Mm -hmm. the listeners. One Direction. Um... That's pretty much all I have. Yeah, I think that's kind of what you were focused on in 2013. Yeah, you sent me a video recently of uh, <laughs> of Niall Horan um, doing a solo um, for what album was it? I want to say Midnight Memories, and it was yeah. like transcending. Well, for context, a video came on my TikTok for you page that was of a One Direction concert and it had Niall singing a solo and the caption and like the blurbs all made it sound like him singing this solo was a radical act of activism. 
And so yes. I sent it to Lexi and was like, I hope this means something for you and your community. Because <laughs> it and meant it does. nothing to me. <laughs> Uh, for, for the listeners, the first episode that you and I did with the, uh, where I talked about One Direction, it was everyone made it like management, like the big bad guy. And so when I was doing that um, solo, it was like an F you to management. Now, Hannah, have you engaged? Are you a directioner? Would you consider yourself as such? Unfortunately, I would not. Although I, I do feel like that sort of missed me. I don't know how. I came to like Harry Styles as an adult. <laughs> and then also as so many of us do you know, right yeah now I, I feel like maybe I shouldn't be proud that I like Harry Styles but I do <laughs> but I was wow. not a directioner don't let anyone shame you out of Harry oh yeah I guess it is just weird to come to like him as an adult I feel like because my friends were directioners I do it's think the most recent Harry album was good. Like, it was good. Fine Line is probably, the, which is the album before Harry's House, is probably his best album, I would say. The what, are there songs the on that that we would know? Like, what? Because I feel like Harry's sugar. House. Oh, in my mind, that is just lumped in with Harry's House. No, ma'am. Sorry, to that I I don't know I actually don't like that you did that I'm actually I'm actually really upset that you did that because you hissing at me right now no you hissing really ventures into like furry territory and like yeah, oh god <laughs> and that's wrong yes okay just checking I just want to see how liberal we've become <laughs> I'm allowed to have some strongholds. I sent um, Lucy a a meme, a reaction pic that said, "I'm not kink shaming. I'm kink asking why." And I think <laughs> if we kind of love with that, but <laughs> we would be a better people. I do. I do love that. I think that's good and needs to stay. But I would love to veto hissing from here on out in our friendship. <laughs> and Pinky as your promise. Pinky promise. Fine. But I Hannah, think you didn't promise. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, true. Good. <laughs> You're free. <laughs> Speaking of free. <laughs> I think it's time for our first segment. This is our segment called the IQ test. Now, Hannah, as I know you know, IQ tests are initially rooted in eugenics. And Whoa. we here at Academia don't like eugenics. I know it's really it's really crazy to say, but we're not big fans of the practice. Boo. Thank you. So to circumvent yes any implications or associations what we've done is written our own iq test so we're going to go back and forth ask you a series of rapid fire questions just designed to gauge your intelligence your wherewithal your knowledge for our academic community preceding our highly academic conversation sound good perfect without further ado alexi hannah after all is said and done how do you lose a guy in 10 days? <laughs> that might be one of your best. <laughs> that is a great question. Okay. Um, well, I saw the movie. So I think you have to first win the guy over. 
mm. uh, and then lose him. So like if the, the fall off is bigger, you know what I mean? Like the risk is higher because he's invested already. So then he, if you cut it off, he'll be ready to leave. Like Hannah, if Leonardo, Michelangelo, Donatello, and Raphael are the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, what are the names of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Iguanas? Oh, okay. Um, Gabriel. Uh-huh. Um, um, Julia. Representation. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, for some reason, Courtney's coming to mind. Absolutely. Courtney's my favorite. Um, Esteban. I'd watch. I'd watch. Hannah. Bippity boppity boo is to Cinderella as yabba dabba doo is to. <laughs> um, Flintstones? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Hannah. The Duolingo bird has front-facing eyes, making it a predator. Who is its prey? Me. (laughs) (laughs) I get those notifications. The Duolingo? What language? Arabic. Fun thing about our friend Hannah, she's trilingual. (gasps) I know. We've got some polyglot roommates. Hey! (laughs) <laughs> Hannah, what languages? Well, uh, this is one of my key questions. Hannah, what languages? <laughs> just uh, just in general, what languages? What languages? Yes. Uh, English, Spanish, and Arabic. <gasps> Do you guys like... You guys can like... We've, you guys can like talk to Spanish with each other. We've talked about Debemos, it. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Claro. Alexi, is it your question? <laughs> yeah. Hannah, <laughs> if you don't stop to smell the roses... What could happen to you? Um, you could die having never smelled the roses. God, and what a fate. <laughs> Hannah, if oatmeal, what oat snack? Mm. Oh, I've thought of this before, and I actually think that oatmeal is an oat snack, and it's a misnomer. <laughs> Ooh. Because it's not really a meal. I mean, unless you eat a large quantity of it. I had the worst oatmeal of my life today. It it was so bad. And Hannah was sitting out in the, like, dining room, like, painting. She was having a gorgeous morning. And I come out mad as hell about my oatmeal tasting bad. I ruined the vibes. Yeah. It's my fault. Oh. No, it was important. Vibes were not ruined. That was vital information that I needed to hear. Thank you. That Lucy messed up. It's good for the listeners to know that Lucy, who is really good at cooking, yeah. can also mess up sometimes. It's important to humanize me. I'll say it. Yeah, because everyone's <laughs> walking around wearing U.S. statues on their shirts. I know, and it's like, it's really jarring for me. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so I'll put my shirts away. <laughs> Hannah, last question from me. What came first, the bully or the victim? The victim. (laughs) (laughs) No follow-ups. Hannah, last question. Nausea is a symptom of vertigo, but what is a symptom of being a silly little bitch? Oh, um, dizziness and, um, (laughs) fuckboys. Wait, am I allowed to swear? (laughs) 
Yes. Yeah. Lucy just said bitch to you. Oh, it's you're right. Feel like <laughs> I will say. Why not? Because you say it often? Yeah, I think part of that and part of it, like, not having, like, the same plosives as, like, fuck. You know what I mean? Ooh. Yeah. Jarring. Stop swearing. Hey, Hannah, you did so good. Yay. Yay. Genius. Oh God, thank you. Genius. Thank you. Hannah, now that you've proven your intelligence to not only us, but the whole world. Whole world. What is our topic? What has academia ignored for far too long? Academia has ignored PBS kids for far too long. Damn. <laughs> Absolutely they have. Now, now my follow-up, which era? Um, the I era. am most familiar, truly, the era. I am most familiar with the PBS kids that I personally grew up on. However, from being a nanny, I can, I have gathered that it is still very similar. So it has not changed very much at all. And there are some key players, I would say, like Arthur, uh-huh. huge player. Yeah. MVP, Arthur probably. Reigns supreme in the kingdom of PBS. Yes, Absolutely. I'm so, double checking, yeah. but here's the titles that come to my mind immediately. Liberty Kids. <laughs> oh my god. Absolutely. I have the DVD. I have the DVD. <laughs> and I do think we should revisit Liberty Kids and see if it's as unhinged as I'm remembering it to be. Because I feel like it gets really out of pocket at times. And I'm not remembering exact examples. But, like, the energy of Liberty Kids felt really all over the place. Yeah, that's fair. Was there someone named Felicity? Yes. That was, like, the girl. Okay. It was a one. <laughs> yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's, what, early 2000s at this point? There's one girl, one Just guy, and then one, like, boy. Because you can have two boys if they're, like, different age groups. Because yeah. that makes them different. <laughs> Only one mm. girl, because they're all the same. Yeah, and I remember really yeah. like admire. I remember feeling like that girl was a role model, but it may have just been because Aww. they drew her hair cool. No, I think Wings Club was on a different. I don't think Wings Club is PBS because I think PBS was like specifically you have to have learned something from this. And so, Lucy, what other titles before I jump in with mine? I'm sorry, I'm just kids? kind of having my my whole world blown open right now because I'm realizing it's not Liberty kids. It's Liberty's kids. Possessive. No. Oh, no. what? That's not Why? And it only ran for one year. <gasps> it only ran what? from 2002 to 2003. And I feel like I remember it having a much bigger stronghold. There were only 40 episodes made. I am shook. Featuring. Oh, and the girl is not named. Felicity. <laughs> she just looks like the American Girl doll Felicity. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's what it is. It was also <laughs> from the same time. <laughs> We're just thinking of another colonial icon. 
<laughs> I'm okay. sure they both like liked horses and were a little bit of tom girls. Like I'm I'm tomboys. I'm sure that was like their whole thing. Sarah Phillips is a bright-eyed, red-headed teenage girl from England. Sarah travels to the 13 colonies at age 15 in search of her father, Major Phillips, who was last heard exploring the region of Ohio. Honestly, same. Then you have James Hiller, who's 14 years old, and he's an American teenage colonist who works as an apprentice journalist. And then you have Henri, who is an energetic, rambunctious eight-year-old French boy. Oh, so you have girl, boy, and French. Those are the three characters. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they're different. Henri, oui. <laughs> and then... Yeah. Moses is the freed slave that teaches them lessons. <laughs> Moses hasn't let my people go? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta watch this. Because Liberty Kids was like, I would watch it if it was on. But when I'm really, if pausing the channel on is like Clifford and Arthur. <gasps> and Absolutely. Um, I probably watch PBS Kids for far too long because, um, like, Me Super too. Y, yeah. It's the, um, Sid the Science Kid, those were all great. Oh, okay, so when I had COVID, when I was down in the dumps and not sure what the day would bring or the morrow, mm. um, I was <laughs> I watched Cyber Chase. It's on yes. Amazon. Yes. Because I was so feverish, it was already as if I was in a fever dream. So when I turned on Cyber Chase, I felt normal. And it was like, <laughs> oh. I remember this moment. I remember watching this episode. Like, the motherboard yes. was so weird. So many things yeah. that existed in my mind, but I forgot about until I watched Cyber Chase to me. Because you know how there's certain memories that are associated with, like, a climate and like a physical feeling. You know what I mean? For me, yeah. Cyber Chase is the exact feeling of when it's too hot outside. And so you're staying inside and you're watching TV. But then it's like so sunny and all the lights coming through the windows. And it's like, what's even the <laughs> point of existing right now? That's fair. <laughs> to me, that's what I think of when I think of Cyber Chase. And also when chicken I, noodle soup. That sounds like a sick day. It sounds like you just had a sick day as a child. Interesting. I'll examine that later. Hannah, what titles come to mind when you say PBS? Oh my gosh, so many. So first of all, since you brought up Clifford, did you ever watch the small Clifford? Like yes. Clifford as a puppy? Yes. Isn't that annoying that they made him extra tiny as a puppy? Like, he already had the thing that he was a huge dog. <laughs> That's a really good point. I just remember thinking the, the animation was so cute. I wasn't focused on the world building. <laughs> That's fair. That's totally fair. But I, it just yeah. annoyed me because I'm like, he, he was super cute as a puppy. He was adorable. But it's like, he was also like a particularly small puppy. And it's like, that makes no sense. Clifford <laughs> ends up being huge. Why was he like the little runt of the litter for like however many seasons? Because he had the rest of his life to be the biggest dog on earth. Oh, that's true. Clifford knows adversity. Yeah, Clifford 
they didn't think he was gonna make it and then they injected him with a superhero serum that they like the one they give to captain america wait yeah did they ever say what they did to clifford to make him the way that he is is there something that happened what did they do to him Autobiography. i don't know <laughs> what was the name of that girl like emily ann or something emily like, elizabeth. elizabeth that's my girl there we go <laughs> Um, Me and Clifford did you tell guys, all. Clifford tell all. Did you guys ever watch George Shrinks? No. What's George okay, Shrinks? Okay, this is a show that I swear no one remembers, but it was on PBS, and there was this boy George. <laughs> it was big on the small and big theme, and George was tiny, but everyone else in his family was normal sized. So, you know, and it's not, like, it's not like Stuart Little because he's a human. Correct. He's a human. Also, I think this predated Stuart Little. Um, but I remember he would like swim around in the sink and it would be like an aquarium because he's so tiny. <laughs> I kind of want to go find this right now. I will say I did look up um, what did they do to Clifford? And the first <laughs> result was... Clifford, the big red dog, doesn't actually exist. And that was kind of the explanation to, quote, what did they do to Clifford? Oh, so, so, like he's like a metaphor or something? Yeah, conspiracy. Start start your engines. But he helps the entire town. I understand the, like, <laughs> shows where it's it, like the, the thing is inside the main character's head. But Clifford literally, like, saves the day. <laughs> he's he's clearly there. They like built a house for him. Yes. Yeah. It it would have to be like every in everyone's mind. Like the whole town was <laughs> delusional. The like that would not work. <laughs> it's like, town. what's that thing where in france an entire town was poisoned by their bread like their bread was laced with lsd and so the entire town what? went crazy i think this was like in in one of the world wars a tactic that was used was lacing bread with lsd and it caused an entire town to have mass hallucinations and people were jumping out of windows and going insane i, I this is what clifford is <laughs> <laughs> See, war is so unethical. Why are I'm, people I'm doing that? I'm going to look it up. This I've never searched my, I've never fact checked myself so much in an episode of this podcast. But I do feel that I say a lot of shit confidently, and I'm worried about yeah. this one. That's okay. I think that if this is wrong, then the only things I've heard you get wrong are French things like oeuvre. <laughs> 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 You have no idea what the French are doing. I did realize the other day that the only phrase I know how to say in French is I speak a little bit of French. So I can confidently say je parle un petit français, but I can't say anything else. And they're like, oh, oui, uh, oui, um, <laughs> oh, oui. Yes, this was in 1951, Pont Saint-Esprit mass poisoning. Yeah, there was a small town in France in 1951 with over 250 people involved, including 50 people who were entered into asylums and seven deaths. A foodborne illness was suspected. Among these originally believed was a case of the like, like LSD laced bread. Holy moly. Okay, so it wasn't a part of a war. It just happened. 
And that's kind of worse because I understand yeah. if things happen. <laughs> if it just happened to me on like a random Wednesday, I'd be so pissed. <laughs> I I'd wasn't be part so of a pissed because it's like I had plans. I was supposed to go to the grocery, and now I'm hallucinating well, a big red grocery. dog. Come on, <laughs> come on. I want to talk about really quick PBS kid culture because I do think that like. On mass, a lot of us interacted with PBS, but there is a very mm. specific type of person who PBS was their main form of entertainment. Oh, you mean homeschool kids? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was on during all hours of the morning. <laughs> and you know who else is there? Homeschool kids. Yeah. Because as somebody who identifies, like, I wasn't allowed to watch, like, Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network. And a lot of those I didn't engage with, but we had like Disney and PBS on. But even then, I felt separated from the kids who were just PBS and books. I was like, I'm still like, engaging. I was just PBS. You were? How was yes. that experience for you? Did you feel ostracized or did you feel normal? Well, <laughs> actually, just PBS with one caveat because on Saturdays, on ABC seven, they would show the Disney channel shows. So on Saturdays, I got to experience what the rest of the world was seeing. But on every other day, we only had like four channels, which makes me sound so old. But I swear before, if you didn't have cable before, you only had like Fox, ABC, like the major ones, and then PBS channel 11. Yeah. That's what I associate PBS shows with um, when, like, the the power's off or something. Ooh. <laughs> I associate PBS, kids who are PBS only with, like, smart kids. Like, we had a family friends that didn't have cable, and all of them, like, knew how to play chess and the piano. <laughs> the two peaks of intelligence. Yeah, and I was like, they're really cool and I like spending time with them but it's crazy that they don't have cable ah I was like mainline it yeah Hannah when did you first encounter cable (laughs) how old were Um, you you were enlightened I think I was pretty young because I actually recently found this old like preschool thing Uh where you know how they like made you like write about your life and yes. for like three straight weeks, I wrote about watching the Powderpuff Girls at my cousin's house. So <laughs> I must have been getting it like somewhere. I was totally very like fascinated by it. Like whenever we'd go on vacation, we would just want to watch TV because we're like, look at all these channels. Yeah. There's so much to explore. There's so many options. But I do love PBS, you know, like the OG, Zoom. You Zoom. Guys Zoom? Loved Zoom. I watched Zaboomathu. Thank you. I watched that too. Respect on his name. <laughs> He's definitely dead now, but respect given. You don't know that. <laughs> we had the computer game, the Zaboomathu computer game. Did you guys ever play that? No. No. It was just like you were there. You got to be one of the brothers and like take That's care of Zaboomathu. So cool. The Crap Brothers. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Yes. I was about to Google it because they have a show now called Wild Kratz. And I was like, are they the same guys? They are. 
All right, put that on the watch list. Fuck Vanderpump Rules. We're switching to the Wildcrats. <laughs> <laughs> They're still, like, traveling the world. That's so much fun to, like, travel the world during your little wildlife pass. And then they're like, you guys want some shows? You guys are pretty cool. Like, That's your brothers are doing this thing. Well, I wonder why there is almost that passive stigma behind kids who are PBS only. Because as we're sitting here listing PBS shows, I'm like, these shows all fucking rocked. I for me in the moment like it was never like oh man I'm gonna turn on PBS if I have like maybe brighter or less educational options mm. <laughs> but like between the lions and reading rainbow they're laying it on thick yes. okay I just want to turn off my brain give me that so raven for it <laughs> I was give me a scheme I was turning on rough rough men fetch with rough rough men before school and I would watch Fetch with Ruff Ruffman, and then I would walk to school in the mornings. And, like, that was me voluntarily choosing PBS programming. Oh. And I loved it. And, <laughs> Alexi, that was around the era when I got really into Family Matters. So for me, it was before school watching Family Matters and Fetch with Ruff Ruffman. <laughs> What a really, mix. Really balanced programming in my house. <laughs> I'm looking at the shows. Did you guys ever watch Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? Because I, I don't ever Absolutely, I did. You didn't? Yeah. I know that it's a cultural touchstone. I don't think that I ever sat down and watched it. Yeah, I think that show was very in line with, like, my parents' parenting philosophy of, like, kindness, neighborliness, um, like, gentle learning and like a, a kind authority figure and so that was very much like on in my house mm. was it big for you hannah i wouldn't say it was huge but it is something that i definitely remember watching like when i was sick you know like yeah. i feel like so i've definitely seen it mm. pbs had great sick shows now i don't want to get did. i don't want to get morbid please however um, the Mr. Rogers neighborhood, like I, the idea of neighborliness and, um, also ties into me, the question, why don't kids play outside anymore? Because growing up, like we played outside all the time and we were always like, um, playing with like the other neighborhood kids. But also I think that like, um, the whole idea of neighborliness and being kind to the people next door, is such a trusting thing. I don't know if like, we have that trust in our neighbors anymore just because like crazy things happen so often. And um, I think one of the first kids to ever go on like on a milk carton was from Iowa. Like they, he went missing mm. in Iowa around, um, I want to say the eighties. So it's just like Mr. Rogers persistence through um, changing America. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if those messages like hold up today because I don't know if we have like the privilege of, um, that environment that like that adult man was privy to. But I think in like 2002, hearing that as a, as like a four-year-old, I felt impacted by it, but then was also yeah. aware of like the actual circumstance around me. You know what I mean? Well, now they have um, Daniel Tiger. That's like the spinoff of Mr. Rogers because oh they have some of the same characters like there's I don't I'm getting them mixed up now but Prince Tuesday 
or like because there's king what's the king's name in i don't know in I, don't, Rogers. I don't know no, but they watching. have like his they have like king tuesday maybe is his name and then they have like prince wednesday or something like that <laughs> i so love they have that like <laughs> their children of the characters they're all they're cartoon though but daniel tiger is very much the same thing where like they like teach kids how to deal with like when you're feeling angry and like your feelings wow. and he has lots of songs and they're very catchy. Hannah, what are, right yeah. What are the kids that you're <laughs> nannying watching? What, what are kids these days um, engaging with? <laughs> so, so that actually is kind of interesting because for us, we mostly all watch this, the same, the same shows, except the only differences were like, if you had cable or not really, or like Disney or yeah. Nickelodeon, but we mostly for the most part knew what everyone was watching. Whereas now with streaming services, kids are watching like different things. So like some kids watch Bluey, whereas other kids that I've watched have never even heard of Bluey. And then, so it's just interesting. And there is like a PBS uh-huh. app that, you know, kids watch Daniel Tiger on or whatever, but yeah. And then some kids just watch YouTube. So it's really all over the place. I have um, two cousins who are 15 and 13 years younger than me. And I remember when the youngest one was like two or three, he started watching YouTube videos of like spin art. Like it was somebody who would do like spin art with fidget spinners. Like remember like the era where fidget spinners were everywhere and it would just be him like coming up and sitting next to me on the couch and pulling out like a tablet or like my phone and figuring out how to get to the fidget spinner spin art that he wanted to watch. Cause I think it was just like bright colors and movement. Yeah. I, I get an artist. That access to YouTube blows my mind. Now, when I think about that kids, that like um, Gen Alpha, if you will, they don't all watch the same things or have the same points of reference. I was like, what? And that YouTube is a lot of people's. Um, I have a friend who's a nanny, and he was like, yeah, YouTube is like what a lot of kids just watch. And that's, I guess that's a universal experience and having YouTube being your, like, your channel, your streaming platform. But that's just so nuts. But yeah, speaking of kids with YouTube, there's this one channel and it's very bizarre because these families like film their children and then make like millions of dollars off of them. And there's this one channel called A for Adley that like the girl I babysit was like obsessed with. And it was just so strange to think about. Like these kids are like celebrities at three years old to other children also, yeah. they lived in Salt Lake City, and I was like, crossover Yikes. opportunities. <laughs> get, We're like, get the three-year-old on The Real Housewives. <laughs> Come on! Have you seen um, the, the Ryan kid, the one who used to, like, rate toys? Yeah. And now he's, like, a millionaire, and he's, like, like 10. Yeah, that's, that's so crazy. Wild. I am very anti-family vloggers and, like, famous children. I think that it's unethical and should not be engaged with in any way, shape, or form. And to think – I hadn't thought about it from perspective of other children watching those kids who are, like, toddler influencers because I was just so wrapped up in the, like, predatory aspects of it that I didn't even think of the, like, dysmorphic and – like 
fucked. What's what's the word? Parasocial relationships formed for kids. It's just like harmful yeah. across the board. Like, why are we letting this happen? Yeah, I also agree. And like, I, a lot of mine was like, okay, but how can how can people use this to be to be horrible? Because Pinterest recently has started like blocking and locking yeah, down I accounts. Yeah, I saw that. Thing. That was insane to like. I know people are horrible and all this stuff, but just having to be faced with it sometimes is so jarring. Explain what it is for people who don't know. Explain what happened. Yeah, so here's what here's my um, my take on the news. Um, my jagged. <laughs> Alexis, take on the news. <laughs> this report is amassed from four different articles that I read the first paragraph of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they were all <laughs> perfect media funny. literacy. No notes. <laughs> I had a dead college. I know how to read. Um, <laughs> I know how to take from a, a document what I need from it to make my point. Absolutely. Um, Control yeah. F, girl. <laughs> So for people who don't know what it is, Pinterest has recently like started hunkering down on accounts and like blocking um, people because I guess um, predators have been going on to um, Pinterest and making like boards of like children um, in a very like disgusting way. Because um, one of the influencers that I follow on Twitter has like uh, outfits that she wants for her kid or like, like an aesthetic that she wants for her kid, but they blocked her account because it was very similar to people who have been using it for um, negative and gross reasons. Um, so she had like make a fuss about it and she, it was like a double edged sword because she was very happy that Pinterest was taking these, um, precautions, but also like pissed that her entire account that she had for like 10 years was deleted. Um, because other people don't know how to like not be a fucking weirdo and get help. There's rumblings of like really good advocacy that I think is on the horizon, starting with um, like former child stars like Drew Barrymore and Brooke Shields were talking mm-hmm. about this. And I know with the with the new Brooke Shields documentary that just came out, uh, Pretty Baby. Have you seen it? No, but it's on my list. The two of them were talking about how like child actors even like in a professional environment beyond influencing like should not be allowed because the the impact on those children who are showing up to like work is so harmful beyond any like benefit having kids in a tv show could have and so i'm i'm anticipating a lot of like advocacy and legislation in the next like hopefully 10 to 15 if not 20 to 30 years as these kids start to have find their own voices but it is scary to watch as somebody who's like caught in between of like not being a kid not being an adult just sort of watching it all happen and and when I say I'm not an adult I think I mean I'm not a parent (laughs) Also, your brain is not your frontal lobe is not developed, bestie. So I have, I have what Hannah two months. Hannah said yeah. she felt her frontal lobe develop when she turned twenty five. That's what our friend Emma Smith also said. She told me yesterday that things change the day you turn twenty five. Like absolutely, I'm, like it's a physical feeling. Can you describe it? What happened? Um, what, do you, like, what do you mean? Like there were moments where I was like whoa, like I would never be this responsible, but for some reason I am. Like I'm choosing right. 
<laughs> I was like, wow. I can't. Is- I'm so scared. I have until June oh, to be as reckless as possible. Then you'll change for sure. <laughs> then I'll be better. I've been waiting for you to change ever since you moved to L.A., but really what it is is you turning 25. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Ooh, it's either going to be really bad or really good. So to, to like, circle circle back to um, your point of, like, um, not having child stars in movies, um, that's also an interesting – so in the world of acting, when we're talking – in the world of acting. Mm, um, with Alexi Bolden. <laughs> you know, sometimes they'll cast, like – People who are very clearly 30 for high school roles. The glee effect. The glee effect, the euphoria of mm. it all. Um, and that, like, can really, like, annoy some people that, like, they're having these people who are very clearly older playing these high school roles. But I think it's because they're, like, exploring adult concepts that they don't want to have actual children do these things. Yeah. But, like, not every project takes that care of having, like, adults, consenting adults do this work. Some of them do just use teenagers. Um yeah, that's that's not a developed thought. It's just a, an added to. Yeah. And I think yeah, there's almost an argument on the side of like, well, if we have like authentic age casting, then that doesn't contribute to like uh, body dysmorphic tendencies of like high schoolers looking at 30 year olds and being like, why don't I look like that? But I also yeah. think we need to give people more credit. And I like when I was watching Glee, I was like, why don't I look <laughs> like these adults? I was like, they're adults playing high schoolers. I'm able I'm able to wrap my head around that. This isn't insane. Yeah. You know, like we're, people are smart. And what's stopping us from from just making more like college based shows? OK, like, there's so, so we, many high school yeah. based shows. I saw one critique of that concept because I was thinking the exact same thing and I saw one analysis that was like the reason there's not more college media is because from a marketing standpoint high school is a more universal experience and they want to like sell the concept to the largest amount of people possible and like statistically more people have experienced high school than college but I'm also like you can understand an experience that it's not your lived experience. I wonder how long that will remain true. Like more people have gone to high, like the pipeline, the not pipeline. If retention numbers from high school to college change in the next couple of years, hopefully. I mean, if people want to do that, cool. College is not necessary for everyone. But um, oh, something that I hate when people do uh-huh. <laughs> is when they like when did you were you guys told that's like when you were going into high school um, that it was going to be the best four years of your life. Kind of no, but I think I was also in the position where my personality was such that people knew that wasn't going to be true for me. (laughs) I more, I more had the experience. I more had people telling me as I was going into high school of like, just hold out. College is gonna rock for you. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was very. I'm open about this. At that point, high school Lucy was a little uptight. She had a lot of blind ambition and was on a bit of a power trip. And so I Mm. think because of that, I had like teachers and such being like, you're going to thrive in college. Just kind of get through high school. (laughs) What about you, Hannah? Um, I feel like I heard that from like soccer coaches, but weirdly Mm. my dad's warning about high school was like 
there's going to be a lot of people. So don't expect to be the best at anything. And I was like, oh, wow. Isn't that strange? <laughs> like he was like, Whoa. there's going to be a lot of people. Like you're not going to be the smartest or the prettiest or the best at soccer. And I was like, I'm not any of those things right now. <laughs> well, that was going to be my follow-up. It's like, were you cream of the crop in middle school? Like, did he did he think he had to, like, disem- disassemble these expectations? I don't know. Maybe I was walking around like I own the place. I'm not really sure. Um, <laughs> immaculate conception. As you should. <laughs> I don't That's know. How did you go to high school? And I went to, a, like, I went to a small grade school. So our graduating class was like 50, 50 kids. Um, oh. And then a much bigger high school. So I think that's where his fear came. Were you, are you from Chicago? Where are you, where are you yeah, from? Yeah, I'm from Chicago. Oh, yeah. Okay. I feel like you guys have huge graduating classes because in the city. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It was, I was like, I have always thought that was so strange. That is so <laughs> funny. <laughs> and to have that come from your parent and not like a teacher. Right? Like I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Alexi, were you given that narrative? I think it was by coaches uh, or just like rather. <laughs> She's by coach. <laughs> no, it was, it was like by community members mostly. Just like this, the, I wouldn't say. I'm from a small town, but it's very like uh, people stay there. Um, you grow up there, you live your whole life there. Um, it's a great place. It's super cute. Um, I love it there. But I think a lot of it also is coming from, like we talked about this uh, with Sarah Bishop, was just uh, there's a lot of media where it's like high school is going to be the best time ever. And I think coming up in an era with American Horror Story and um, – Angst, really angsty teen stuff where they were like high school freaking sucks every day I walk in here and I was like really I, I like it because it offsets the um the very like I get from that 70s show like a high school is great high school is so fun you hang out with your friends after school that vibe so to have shows that were like nah it's not daisies and roses was very like okay the rest of the like like life doesn't peak in high school, like some American dream media, I'll call it, um, makes you think. And I was in Cold Stone, this ice cream shop. For those Shout of you who don't out know, Cold Stone. The other day. And there was this couple with their baby, this one-year-old. And this older gentleman was like talking to the baby <laughs> as they do. Illegal. And then he was like, then he was like, uh, enjoy this kid because it all goes downhill from here. And <laughs> I cannot stress how much I hate when people say that to children um, because it's like, that's not true. And also you're like putting these, like, it's just so negative. And this kid is a one. He is not retaining anything. You're I was going to say, do we think that that's going to become that kid's first memory? I really hope not. <laughs> we'll follow back up in 18 years. See, where are they now? Yeah. On every, yeah. That's so funny. Well, and I remember, I've talked about this a little bit, but I remember being a kid and like specifically elementary middle school and feeling like actively being aware of my childhood going away 
And having that be a really like scary awareness that I was trying to hold on to in almost a way that was like, I, I think I knew it was being a little bit naive, but I knew that that magic wouldn't exist forever. So I was like letting myself indulge in that. And so it's like, you have that, like, it's all down here from here narrative, which I think I bought into a little bit of like, but not entirely of like, I want to enjoy what I'm experiencing right now, but I know there's also things to enjoy down the line. Now I was going to say a lot of it for me is just realizing that we are in charge of our own experiences. So like, if I, if I choose to stay in my hometown and like, I also realize that there is a, like an air of like, everyone doesn't have access to the same resources. So I'll blanket that with this. But the people who have said these things, like you have every, like you can go take a vacation, Bestie. You can go to the next state over for a day. Just new things that make you excited to live life and not just go to your job and hang out with the friends that you've known since you were 18. You can try new things. It's It doesn't go downhill. Like <laughs> If it does, you're the captain of your own ship. Robin you may Williams. you may be raised with PBS, but one day you can have cable. <laughs> wow! Nailed it. I'm sorry, nobody's you standing. Will. Nobody's applauding. What's kind of happening? Your bootstraps, you can have cable. <laughs> <laughs> That's the American dream, baby. And with that, I think it's time for our final segment. Alexi, what's our final segment? Our final segment, well, I'll preface it by asking, Hannah, were you the valedictorian of any body, of any high school, college, or middle school? I was not. That's okay. Uh, okay so Neither were we. Neither were <laughs> we, which is why we had such a great conversation today. Um, <laughs> now, in this speech, you can give the valedictorian speech that you would have given had you been your rightful title as a valedictorian. Now... Uh, Lucy and I will go first. Um, Lucy, do you have anything? I've got something. I'm ready to to okay. give my speech. To valedictorianize. To validate. Validate victoriously. <sighs> Class of 2023, it is an honor. It is a privilege to speak to you today as your valedictorian. One of three can you believe we do things a little differently around here? I know another thing that's a little different. Today, I was going through a Ziploc bag full of important documents that my parents handed me when they moved me into my new apartment. It's a Ziploc bag that says Lucy on it, and it contains my social security card, my original birth certificate, the power of attorney in case I die. <laughs> it also contains a little card that was dated December 2007, containing a handwritten note that I wrote to Santa Claus asking... <laughs> to prove that he was real and omniscient. <laughs> it was a handwritten, poorly spelled note with the shreds of me clinging on to my childhood, my belief, writing, Dear Santa Claus, some people don't believe in you, but I do. I believe in you, class of 2023. Thank you. That's a show yourself, um, but to Santa Claus. 
It was, uh, it, there was at one point in the letter where I said, um, if you're real, tell me what I told Maddie today on the playground. Not even my parents know. <laughs> oh. And I think my sweet parents who responded to the, to the letter had written like, um, there's a lot of kids in the world. I can't know what's going on all the time, but we know you're on the nice list. Keep believing. <laughs> did it make you, did it keep you believing that I letter? think it did because well, at the date of that letter, I was like nine. So I think it probably mm-hmm. stuck around until I was like 10 or 11. Yeah. Oh. It's fun to find that sandwiched in between your birth certificate and your power of attorney. <laughs> That's the power to believe. Yeah. <laughs> Alexi, this floor is yours. Class, class, class. (laughs) I have never been so disappointed in all of my 12 years of teaching. Breaking the form! Breaking the form! The note that your sub left said that you turned (laughs) off PBS (gasps) and turned on Nickelodeon. Uh. Now... We already know there's nothing educational on Nickelodeon unless you want to learn how to be a hooligan. Mm. Never will I leave the remote working. I hope that you sit with this. Now, for the 12th season of Reading Rainbow, please be (laughs) quiet. Lay in your pods. Thank you. It's so cool that a teacher could be valedictorian, too. (laughs) You can be anything in America. Anything's possible if you believe. Okay, Hannah, it's your time to shine. Dear esteemed class of 2023, you guys are great. You're going to be great. And if you're like me and were raised on PBS, then I'm sure you have some goodness deep in your heart, whether it's from Arthur, the aardvark. Mm-hmm. A-A-R-D-V-A-R-K. Or the Maya and Miguel or Dragon Tales or Cyber Chase or whatever it may be. You can be big like Clifford or small, also like Clifford. (laughs) (laughs) And you can learn and you will learn so many things with your good PBS heart. Thank you. Beautiful. Oh, amazing. Hannah, thank you so much for being here today. Thank this you rocked. for digging up these memories. It was a you, before we let you go, do you have anything you want to plug? Where can people find you on social? What are you up to? Sure. You can find me on Instagram at Chip Dinner and on TikTok as well, Chip Dinner. All about chips Yay. for dinner. Also, we plugged them previously in the episode with Aaron Stewart, but you can buy Hannah's on originally designed tarot cards on the internet. Go look them up. Go buy them. Go support. Yes. Um, chipdinner.squarespace.com. Fancy. <laughs> All right. With that, that leaves us with only one thing left to say. Alexi, I love you. Lucy, I love you. Bye. Bye.